Welcome to Estrepreneur, a podcast for entrepreneurs and leaders doing business and life God's way. Each week, we discuss biblical and practical tips to improve your mind, business, spirit, relationships, and finances. Listen along as I speak with special guests on how to thrive in all aspects of life. Hi, I'm Edna. Like many of you, I wear many hats. I'm a military wife, mother, author, certified John Maxwell business and executive coach, trainer, and founder of Favor and Wealth, where we help the good guys win. So tune in as we bring on the light. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in again for another episode of the Estrepreneur podcast, where I highlight men and women of God doing business and life God's way. Today is no exception. We have another phenomenal guest who has an incredible journey. She's a speaker, trainer, and coach, um, but uh, she's also based in Canada. But I believe right now all she's focusing is on um, training. Is that correct? Your, Your training? Well, speaking to online. Uh, speaking but- to you, okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I was like, I know you said that you were focusing on um, training women entrepreneurs on how to expand their personal capacity so they can use their voice to shift cultures and continue to do speaking engagements. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, Lisa, I'm not going to try to um, steal your thunder here. So why don't I give you an opportunity to talk to to let you talk about your family, um, who you are, your background, and what it is exactly that you specialize in. Oh, thank you so much, Edna. Such a a joy to be here on your program. I just love your program. I've been listening to some of your episodes, your latest ones. And um, yeah, so I am out of Canada. My name is Lisa Vanderquack, and I... um, I work as a speaking coach. My journey has, it's interesting, come full circle in terms of I started out as a speech language pathologist, was in ministry for many years, and then God called me into business, which, you know, I'd never been, I'd never owned my own business, but God said, no, do that. So <laughs> then it just kind of got thrown in the deep end, so to speak, about 13 years ago. And then from there started working in terms of doing speaking coaching. And, you know, that's a story in itself, how that all came about. But I live in Canada. My, I, we have the six kids <laughs> combined. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a bit of a blended family. My, I was actually, my first husband died when my, I had three kids kids with him and uh, so I was a single mom for five years and never really thought I would get remarried but you know God God has his way of bringing around surprises in our life so so yeah so all of all of the kids are out of the house though so I'm at the other end of the scale than you right now (laughs) (laughs) oh man how does it feel you know what it feels good (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. It feels good, but at the same time, you know, there are moments where you're like, "Oh, I wish you know my kids were in the house." Because with now, with everything that's happening in the world, can't really travel as easily. We live in different parts of the country, and so. Oh, how fun and how fun. Well, I always, I always heard enjoy, be present in your moment, be content with where you're at because it's going to go by quick. So, Alisa, tell us, you know, a Vanderquack, Vanderquack, did I say it right? You got it. Okay. Uh, what kind of last name is that? Because my <laughs> husband and I were actually talking about it. 
because like she we talk about all my guests and things. I was like, yeah, this last one. And he's like, well, what is that from? What what is that like a German name or Dutch? It's Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Okay, okay, yeah. Dutch. Okay. My husband's, uh, my husband's family originated from Holland, so that's a Dutch. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so it's a very interesting name. Um, so Lisa, I, I always like to start out with you know your spiritual journey. Um, tell us a little bit about how you came to know Jesus. Sure. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was brought up in a home. I'm the youngest of eight and I was brought up in a home that was, I believed in God. We didn't, we weren't a Christian home, mm -hmm. but my family were very, my, my dad was an alcoholic. And so there was a lot of kind of chaos in our home. Yeah uncertainty and so from a very young age I was actually afraid of my dad and I was really uh had kind of made a decision I didn't need him and just wanted to stay away from him but when I was 15 my parents actually got a divorce and my mom came into my bedroom and let me know at that point my dad was not living in the house and at the, my my initial reaction was great I don't need to be with around him. And I was just like excited. But then when my mom left the room, I, I just had this overwhelming sadness come over me and I, I didn't understand it. And I tried to shake it off. I'm like, no, but I just had this turmoil that started in my heart. And in that, in that moment, I heard like the voice which I only know to be God now. Um, but it was a voice that said to me, I want you to read the Bible, but I'd never, mm -hmm. we never owned a Bible. We never, huh. I've never read the Bible. And so I'm like, what? And then I, it, it just, as soon as that thought came into my mind, another voice, the voice said again, you know, contact your uncle who was an uncle who lived oh, wow. in another city. I grew up on the East coast in um, Newfoundland in Canada in a small, small fishing village. So everywhere, like there were no, um, evangelical churches mm -hmm. anywhere so I didn't really have any grid to go by but eventually he sent me a bible and I started to read the bible for the first time in my life as a 15 year old and I remember just being glued when I got to the gospels and about when I began to read about the love of God mm -hmm. and this love that Jesus was walking in, and I just made a very deliberate choice is that I want to know this love and I, I want to live like him and and in that time it's just the power of the word of God began to just to awaken me and I cried out I just said I, I want that and I had an experience where I became born again I, now I will tell you I didn't know like I couldn't have put any words to it at that time but I just knew complete change had happened because in that moment not only did I come to see God and, and desire to know him, but I actually got in touch with the reality that I was no different than my, my dad in terms of wow. the things that I had been judging my father for, you know, the things that I had uh, been holding against him, mm -hmm. they were all in my heart, you know, bitterness, hatred, all of that stuff was in my heart. And I, and I, through reading the Bible, that all became revealed to me. Mm -hmm. And so I repented and I asked God to forgive me. And so it was a real, for me, it was dramatic and I didn't, but it wasn't until I went to university, about two years later, that I actually met Christians at university who began wow. to help me to understand 
my experience. And um, then I got baptized and, you know, the rest is history from there. But <laughs> wow, wow, that's amazing. So when you were reading the Bible and everything, um, were you, I, I know you said you were like, it was like kind of, you were like kind of soaking in like a sponge, but were you kind of like, did you start, did you just open up the Bible? Like, how did you, like, what did you do? I mean, like, especially if you never had a Bible before, was it something that you, like the, the Holy Spirit would say, okay, look at this book or talk to me about that. Cause I like hearing about that stuff, like how, especially if you didn't really have somebody kind of like coaching you or mentoring you and things like that. So how did you, you know, started reading the Bible? You just tell, talk to us about that. Sure. That's a great question. Well, like any book, I started at the beginning. <laughs> Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. Okay, I actually awesome. did. I actually did. But interestingly enough, it's so funny because I'm also the kind of person that even today, like when I read a book, I'll start at the beginning, but then I'll skip out. Sometimes I'll skip and skip ahead. So yeah. I actually did that. I started reading at the beginning. And then when I got to the parts where it talked about the gene, like the genealogies and, and I oh think my gosh, yes. So I'm like, Oh, my goodness. And I just got really bogged down. But and I started kind of thumbing through and I came to this place. And I saw that there was a, a, a new covenant, a, a definite. And so I started then in the new covenant in the new, new Testament. And that's when I started the gospel read about Jesus. Now I had, you know, an understanding who Jesus was, I believed in yeah. God, but I, I didn't have a relationship. I didn't have any kind of, you know, and I'd heard more, more hypocrisy than, than anything else right. about things of things. So yeah, it wasn't until I actually came to the gospels and I started to read about Jesus and I started to read about his interactions and, and the words that, and I remember being up for like hours past midnight, just reading so enthralled okay. uh, by, by this person who, who loved like the way I wanted to love. And, and I want to know this love. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I, I, so after you, I guess you said it took you two years, um, uh, to actually meet Christian friends to kind of explain kind of like the whole experience. Um, during that time, how about your relationship with your dad? Like mm -hmm. when, did, when did it start? Did it ch change right away? Or, you know, when you uncovered that you had this bitterness and all this, yeah. talk to us a little bit about that, how um, knowing the Lord has helped you with that. Yeah, it's interesting because um, in, as I mentioned, I, I kind of knew it's just a way that the spirit of God works, right? And the revelation and you become, you just know that uh, you are a sinner and that you need help. Yeah. And so I began to be very deliberate because I knew that I didn't forgive him. Although I, I knew that I needed to, I, I like, as I asked God to forgive me and, and as I felt, I actually felt mm -hmm. a change in my heart and I knew that I need to forgive my dad, but I couldn't, I just, and so I would just pray every day and say, God, I choose to forgive. Like, and I say this because the Holy spirit was just teaching me. I didn't know what I was doing. I was right. just, what. but I just began to pray, God, I choose to forgive my father. And I ask that you help me to live that. Mm -hmm. Now, my dad was not living in our house at that time. He had been, you know, my, had been barred from our house. And so there was a lot of, a lot of hurt and 
over years of, of, of stuff in the house. So my, um, there was like three of our, us kids back at, left in the house because I was the youngest. So I was 15 and mm -hmm. some of the others had moved out. But when I got to university, when I moved and I moved into Ontario in Ottawa to go to university, it was in, like in my second year of university. By that time I had been, so I was working like two or three jobs just to pay for my schooling. And uh, I had been going to a church and I've been growing in the Lord. I'd you know, been baptized and just really getting some solid foundations. And I would, um, and my dad started phoning me, started to call me and wanted basically to have a relationship with me, right? Because I think there'd been some things happening him and that was his only way was he would call me and he would say, hey, um, do you need any money? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need any money. <laughs> so I was praying one time and I was praying like, God, I, I need to pay my bills because I was working and going to school. And God said, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to bless you. And oh, I'm like, wow. what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm trying to provide, but you you said you're okay. And wow. So I realized that God was using my dad to provide. And so I had to humble myself and I had to ask my dad. And But what happened in that moment at that, that, that decision, Edna, was just the workings of God. Because as I began to just, you know, lower my pride, humble myself, and say, yes, I do need help and receive from my dad, that opened the door for healing then to be mm. in place that I then began to be open for God to begin to work in that relationship. Even though I had forgiven my dad at that point, there wasn't that restored relationship. And so God used that. And, and in fact, through that over the years, my dad eventually came to the Lord. Wow. That's yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy, you know, and I, I just want to give, and also, because I know there are people listening um, who, who may have a, um, a, a broken relationship with their parents or somebody um, that they love um, because of, you know, whatever choices the other person has made. Um, and there is hope for you guys, you know, there is really hope. Um, and with God, nothing is impossible. Absolutely. And I've seen it time and time again, not just in other, other people's life, but in my own family's life and, um, and uh, friends and things like that. Now, talk to us a little bit about um, your business. Well, first, I want to ask something. I saw somewhere that you're an ordained minister, correct? Yes, I am. Okay, so when did you get into ministry? I want to know about that because um, you sound like you 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 well, you've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> short short a short version. <laughs> so I was um, I was working as a speech pathologist, and during that time, my husband was a evangelist on okay. the university campus in Vancouver, British Columbia. Wow, he was an ordained minister and. I started to work with some of the young girls to do discipleship while I was working. And then I started having kids. And so while I took a break from my career, I was still doing discipleship. And so in the midst of that, God just eventually, I just eventually moved into ministry over the years and let my 
speech language pathology credentials mm -hmm. go. Like I stopped and I felt like God was calling me into ministry. And so I worked alongside my husband for a number of years, 15, 17 years. Wow. During, so it was during that time that, um, yeah, I, be, I became ordained. It was not something I sought out. Mm -hmm. It was in a church where we were a part of and the pastor actually said I think we need to ordain Lisa because she's been functioning in the ministry and functioning as a you know a teacher pastor for many years and so that's how it all came about I love it I love it it's funny because I noticed that there's a lot of people in the marketplace I I same thing I got I, the Lord told me to get ordained and so I got ordained Joan Hunter Ministries uh, back uh are you familiar with her yeah in 2000 17 and um people thought i was going to go like start a church i was like no this is for the marketplace they're like wait you're going to be a minister in the marketplace it's like yeah and so you know because everyone has different calls different assignments and you know um it brings us back to your you know your business um mm -hmm. so who are you called to you know your your um your your um your business first tell us a little bit about what you specialize in what you help people do and then also who your ideal audience is Sure. Yeah. So my my specialty is is really helping women entrepreneurs, women leaders to really um, hone their message in such a way that they speak not only with confidence and clarity, but with transformational impact. That's kind of the the motivation is is helping them not just to speak to inform, but speak to transform. Yeah. And um, really helping them to be really strategic about using their voice in such a way to impact their audience. Cause I believe everybody has a life story, a life message mm -hmm. and we're put on the earth to share that, to impact the world, impact the people. And so my ideal audience, or if you think about it from that point of view are women who are just mission-minded, who are driven to have an impact and know that they need to learn how to hone their skill of speaking mm -hmm. more effectively, whether it be to grow their business, you know, to expand their influence to their ministry, whatever it might be. I work with uh, both. I actually was working more when I first started, I was working with uh, not just Christian women, but just women in general, women entrepreneurs. And yes. And leaders but in the last year and a half really god has been honing me in more to just work with kingdom-minded women mm. in that regard because i have such a passion for them to get activated and because of what what they carry and i believe that it's it's time i just feel like it's time it is it sure is so how do you go about doing that do you have like workshops um one-on-one -on -one coaching like what type of services do you offer to help women do that yeah yeah i i have um all of that workshops and one-on-one -on -one. i have uh the uh, a program that i started last year that was designed to really bring women along a, a systematic way to go from, because I found, what, one of the things that I found was I found that a lot of women wanted to speak and they just wanted to get speaking gigs, but they really didn't have the foundations in place for such as, well, what's your story? And what do you, what is the message? Mm -hmm. They didn't really have that clarified. So I developed a program where they start with identifying 
what parts of my life story are meant to be brought forward? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is it that I need to be speaking on and, and be able to identify that? Because even as a business owner, I found that some would say, well, I don't really want people to know about my business, my, my life. Well, but that's a part of your story. That's a part of, <laughs> and so I would just, I, so I designed it would help them identify that. But then the other part of that, Edna, is the voice. I found mm-hmm. that there was a lot of missing, even in some of the speaking coaches that I know, that really don't, uh, really don't take time to help women or help speakers use their voice because the voice actually has a greater influence on your audience than just words. Mm. And so being trained as a speech pathologist, I understood that where this is an instrument and mm. by how we use that voice brings about not just, you know, to be able to give that information, but help to connect with your audience mm. in emotional, deeper heart sent heart connections with them which is really where the change and the transformation takes place right as we use our voice and of course being a believer christian i believe there's an extra uh, element to our voice that we carry because we're created in the in the image of god and we have the voice of god that there is that anointing Mm -hmm. there's that creative ability we have when we use our voice more effectively so can you give us an example of the, the, the voices? Because, you know, when someone hears, let's say, like, when you speak about voice, are you talking about like tone of voice? Are you talking about like the way they speak their messages? Like what specifically do you mean when you're saying voice? Give us examples of a good voice versus a bad voice, for example. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yeah, it's not so much a good voice or bad voice, but yeah. thank you for the question. It's a great question because I, I equate it to like a, an instrument. So if you think about a piano, now I'm not yeah. I'm not a musician, but <laughs> yeah. I know enough about I know enough about instruments and music. But there's like what 88 keys or something on a piano, yeah. something like that. I, as good as mine, even though I learned how to play piano was first grade, but I totally hated it. So I don't remember. Something like that. There's somewhere around there. We'll just yeah. say, well, our inst- our voice box is actually an instrument that we've been given. And we have a range of capacity that yeah. we, we can use it just like a piano. You know, if we just yeah. stuck with, stayed with a few little keys, we're not using that to the full capacity. The same thing with our voice. We have a range that mm-hmm. we can operate just like a, a singer. Yes. But as a speaker, we tend to stay within like a two to uh, three note range, whereas we have the capacity of a 25 variation Mm -hmm. for a reason. Just like when we listen to music and singing, it's not just the words, it's actually the melody, the pace, the tone, all of those things combined bring about the emotion. Well, as a speaker, you have that same capacity Mm -hmm. to impact your audience emotionally and spiritually by the use of your voice. That's very interesting. That's that actually makes a lot of sense, but no, I was just curious. I'm like, voice, huh? Okay, so talk to us. I mean, you, you um, I remember reading in your profile kind of a story um, about what you started, what, what you, why you started speaking and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about what your why is? Why do you do what you do? Sure, yeah, so one of the things is, 
that when I was a little girl, I, I, I believed it wasn't safe to speak. It was one of the the vows and the belief systems that I had to, that God had to reveal to me because yeah. I found that I came to a point in my life where I, even though I desired to speak, I was stuck and I was, had all kinds of fear from my childhood and stuff. And so I realized that um, in the course of that, my own personal transformation and everything, God just brought me to a place where he began to use me to speak even though I disqualified myself, felt like I wasn't gifted and talented, whatever, but he began to teach me how to do that. And of course, with coaches and mentors, yeah. but I realized that this is the ploy of the enemy to really keep women silent because mm -hmm. he knows that men and women are meant to walk together mm -hmm. and, and display the fullness of who God is. And, and so the voice of a woman or just just women in general as we step forward and be who we're called to be we release the image of god mm -hmm. in you know i believe together we we do that so i really god just birthed in me this passion it wasn't something i always had i always had a a, a passion for working with women but in the last 10 or so years as i've opened my business god just began to kind of fine tune that to say um to be able to just release women out of oppression, out of mindsets that keep us held back. Because there's a lot of women who, who have powerful, powerful messages and missions and are meant to do great things, but they feel so held back. Yeah. And so my why is just to be faithful with what God has given me and say, you know what, if I can do it, you can do it. Because I'm the most least likely person to be speaking <laughs> love that love that love that so much and obviously you can uh, uh just something about like when you can understand where they're coming from because you were where they were um you could um speak their language because you know have you it's kind of like um someone who is helping someone try to lose weight and they never had to lose weight their whole entire life kind of thing so it, it makes a huge impact I think when you you've gone through the, the similar challenges now let's talk about challenges because obviously entrepreneurship isn't a you know beautiful flowers and ice cream and just you know bees all the time you know buzzing bees can you tell us a little bit about um the at least pick one challenge that you face as an entrepreneur and what you did to overcome it. Sure. Yeah. Well, probably the, the first one I think about is the biggest one is when, when I first started my business, cause I, I literally did not know anything about business <laughs> and God just, I had been working at that time, working on the con as a contract at a church and that had come to a close and I had started to, become trained as a coach, a life coach. This is back like 15 years ago now, when before it was really mainstream and yeah. where the internet was really prolific. I mean, it was just, yeah. and so I had started my business, but it is exactly the same year is when my first husband passed away six months later after I started my business. He, he um, got diagnosed with a brain tumor and within a few months passed away. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so it was, but I, but I, when I went to the Lord, I said, Lord, what now? Cause I like, I don't have any income. I don't have any clients. I've got three little kids here. 
And God just said, keep doing what I told you to do and, and I will take care of you. And so I, I had to trust that he would. And, and it was it was kind of a, a setup in some ways because I had set up my home, my office and my home so that I can, and, and now of course, walking through that transition with my children, I could be available for them in their grieving process as well as, you know, for my own. Yeah. At that time, I don't even, I, I can't even tell you how. I, it might have been from a book that I got a hold of someone who was a Christian coach and I connected with her online. I don't even know who Valerie Burton is. Anyway, she, so I started, I started just following her and then that led to another thing. And then I actually hired a coach mm-hmm. and then I became part of a group. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was all teleseminars by phone. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I just, I just, sought out people who were doing what I needed to do yeah. because I, I I felt I didn't know what to do and I, but I yet I knew that okay God you've called me to do this and in the meantime I just started to meet with uh, clients in my home office but uh, the challenge was that I just I had to learn all the things that I was not good at because I needed to I just needed to and I'm so glad I did because now now I know, although I don't do all that stuff all the time now, at least I understand it. And it helped me to grow in my capacity to be even open for like the online world that we live in now. It was, everything was, um, yeah, it was all by phone at that yeah. time. Yeah. What, so what are your thoughts on that, on having things um, online versus like in person? Do you... Do you have a preference um, as far as in-person versus online, or is it the same to you? Um, like how, how has technology um, either made coaching better or uh, different or, or and so forth? I'm just curious what your thoughts, what your thoughts are regarding that, because it seems like, and at least for me, I noticed um, the coaching world is a lot more different now when I first hired my coach when I was 19 and I went into their office and it was, um, it seemed like now everyone can call themselves coach. I don't know if, it, does that make sense? Where it's just like, cause I would take some program just, just because and then for like studying something like a specific program, for example, YouTube, for example. And, um, their definition of coaching is a lot different from the original version of even when I got training coaching and things like that. So I'm just curious, like, you know, for people looking for a coach, um, from a practical standpoint, what are things that they should look out for um, and to kind of help them decide who would be the best coach for them in their particular area of need, if if I'm making sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I, I think probably from a two standpoints, because as a speaker too, like I, I was mostly all in person doing yeah. speaking 15 online is is a whole thing. And I, and some of my clients were never used to speaking online pre-COVID. Mm. So even making that shift, well, whoa, how do we do that? And what's it going to look like? I think going forward is definitely going to be a hybrid and uh, pre-COVID, you know, I was already doing a lot of coaching online. So that wasn't something that I had to adjust to. But coaching, you're right. I think it's it's now become so saturated mm-hmm. that in the sense that people just say they're a coach, 
when they have no credentials. So I would say it's important to look at the credentials, interview them mm-hmm. and find out, you know, how did they, what, where they got their training and what it is that they are specializing in and, and their experience, even as an experience in the area. Now, as a coach, you don't necessarily have the experience in everything you're coaching people on, but you do, you do, I believe it's important to have credentials because there's also insurance that goes along with credentials and, and all those things. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think, I think it's, it's important because there's a lot of people and, and I've, I've been a part of those groups where I've seen someone call themselves a coach and I'm like, oh my goodness, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're charging <laughs> money for this. <laughs> You, you stole the words right out of my head. <laughs> you know, so if you, it's, it's important that if you're going to invest in a coach, then you want to make sure that that coach is invested in you in terms of helping you to grow and get to the next level or helping you to really um, fulfill whatever it is you want to fulfill. And, and if a coach is not willing to challenge you and to really ask you the hard questions to get you to the other side, then I'm not sure they're really a coach. They might be someone who might be a support or a mentor or someone like that, but you know, there's, there's, there's a degrees. And so I would, I would say definitely do your homework, get get references even. Yes. And I say that because I understand a lot of people, especially now, because like I said, like you said, coaching is kind of becoming like a fad and everything. And um, becoming main to everyone has a coach and so forth. Um, so it's really important that you're making sure you're, you're spending your money on the right individual as well. Um, because, you know, you also have to ask wisdom from the Holy Spirit um, regarding that as well. Um, so let's talk to um, the, the people listening about um, an example of how you incorporate uh, biblical principles in your business. Can you give us an example of one? Um, and, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So in addition to my coaching, you know, I do bring in, for example, some of the teachings, I would bring in some biblical principles that relate to that for sure. And um, in some of the trainings, for example, I would, I would relate to that. And for some of them, my clients, they like me, they like to pray during, you know, before. And so I, I do that for sure. And then um, there's the aspect of just really, uh, sometimes I do things that are just purely kind of out of out of the scope. For example, I did a challenge, and this was something that I hadn't planned to do, but I felt moved with the Holy Spirit back in December to do this challenge called Fearless Women of Faith. Hmm. 21 Day Fearless Women of Faith had nothing to do with speaking coaching, although I talked about it in terms of the voice and everything in, in the con- It was more about just really empowering women to um to overcome fear and to become fearless in god you know and just to really and so i just took different women from the bible and spoke about it and brought in historical and did some interviews and so those are ways that i just brought in those elements to to remind people that yeah you know we are it's not compartmentalized we're all all of life is spiritual in terms of all of life is our calling, no matter what 
profession you're in. I love that. I love that. I'm glad you point that out because you're right. The, the spiritual, I, I know a lot of times people, especially here in the States, they want to separate. I don't know about it as in Canada, you know, church, you know, church and state, you want to keep the ch- ministry or Bible stuff outside of corporate America or business, you know, and things like that. And um, I think especially, I and mean, that's why I was so glad when I started my own um, versus, you know, it's like you kind of have, but even when I was working for corporate America doing all this stuff, I still included scriptures. I got a, I got slapped in the hand many times, but uh, they didn't really do, do anything. But I think it's really important because I really believe that, you know, just like people are not ashamed about their views and it's completely the opposite, obviously the enemy's agenda, we shouldn't be ashamed of, you know, the truth that God has instilled in us and, and the scriptures and in and, and the word of God. And I think, this is a time, especially now when darkness is so apparent, right? It's so like blatantly in your face. Yeah. Um, when I say darkness, I'm talking about things that we know that is not right according to God's word. Um, we have to be bold enough to speak up and be like, you know, stand up for truth because um, we can't, I, a lot of, and at least for me, I feel like the way, the reason why society is the way it is, is because we as a church hasn't done our job to really, really be the light out there and call, you know, evil, evil, right, kind of thing, and, and be bold about that with love, obviously, with love, you know, Jesus, you know, spoke in love, but he still spoke, right, so there is a a method uh, of doing so. Now, can you tell me a wisdom nugget that you could share with struggling entrepreneurs right now? Yeah, you know, I would say, um, just keep moving forward. You know, whatever it is that the challenge is uh, that's in front of you, um, you know, there's one of these things that I share with my clients. It's called We Experimenting. Um, I think the internet's getting a little unstable. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, you know, sometimes we come upon a challenge and we see it as a stopping point, but I would encourage you to see, okay, what do I need to do differently to overcome this? And who do I need? to that could help me and just to reach out for help from someone that you know that might be further along or or in a you know just a friend or or someone that you know as a as a a business owner an entrepreneur because I think sometimes we as entrepreneurs it's very lonely it can be very lonely and unless we reach out we don't realize the resources around us so I would say you know don't 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 stop just keep yeah. moving forward no matter what comes upon them even the challenges that you face even if it's small steps you know what can you learn and grow from what's happening around you the circumstances you find yourself in even with covid you know what i say to my clients is okay you know at the end of this year you're going to have new skills that you can bring forward if you embrace the opportunities, for example, to learn about the internet or whatever it might be. So I would say, whatever it is that's going on, first of all, say, okay, what can I learn from this? And what do I need to do differently to overcome this challenge? And that might mean talking to someone or learning a new skill, doing something. My, I always say, you know, keep moving forward, even in small steps, mm-hmm. because otherwise, Otherwise, we find ourselves moving backwards. So that, that's been always a very um, 
important thing for me. And it's helped me to keep moving past, even when I don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Even if it's like one inch or one centimeter forward, you know, like yeah. do it, do <laughs> something <laughs> little by little, you don't have to jump off, you know, you know um, one of my mentors, I'll just say this. And one of my mentors said to me years ago, he said, change small, but change often. Mm, Same concept okay. It's like, you know, keep moving forward as even if it's a small step. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you know, I'm not going to be going to go there, but it's, I, I'll, I'll go there because I think it's relevant. Um, you know, I had a client who didn't want to work out, didn't want to take care of herself. And, and I told her, okay, why don't you just at least start small? So put your workout clothes, go back to bed, you know? And so it was little things like that. And then, okay, this time, put your workout clothes, put your shoes in and go back to bed, you know? And then, then eventually she, this time walk two minutes and then go back to bed. And then eventually it started, but it's the little things, you know, that you do um, to step towards your goal. Um, so what would you say, you know, being in business, um, I believe for, for over 25, well, it looks like 25 years in total for speaker, coach, and trainer. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure, um, there was a point when you started seeing like, oh my gosh, like my business is, is growing so fast. Like, what would you say that one thing that you did that changed the growth trajectory of your business? Hmm. You know, I would say the biggest thing was when I began to own my story. Mm -hmm. um, what I say, what I mean by that is, is what I alluded to earlier. Sometimes we can kind of go around and we can function a certain way and bring a certain part of our, our life into what we do. But when I started to really own the part of my story, I call it the, the, the purposeful, uh, sorry, <laughs> the, what came out of my pain, the purpose that came out of my pain. Yes child, right? When I began to really positive purpose brought forward and in terms of the whole area of where I went from believing that it wasn't safe to speak to now actually training women to speak. Love that. That really, because it, it tapped into something at the core of me that was, was central to my transformation mm -hmm. and my whole life. And so it really brought forward a different passion and a different expertise, if you could call it that way, right? In, mm -hmm. in terms of, because it came, it was born out of overcoming, it was born out of overcoming struggles, overcoming mindsets. And so I was intimately acquainted with it. So for me, beginning to own my story and to believe that when I owned my story, it actually unlocked a greater part of my life purpose. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I do have to, I always ask this too. It's okay. So if you were to look back at your journey, um, if you could do things differently, like one thing, um, um, as far as regrets, like I wish I did this, what would it be um, to kind of help those who may be listening to you right now? If you could go back and you know, talk to yourself like 10 years ago or five years ago, whatever. Um, do you have any regrets or did you always, always did the do the right thing every single time? <laughs> no, no, there's lots of times I, you know, I procrastinated on things 
and I, I did things because, you know, I really can't afford it. And so I'm just going to do it myself. I can't afford to hire someone, but if I were to do it over, I would hire, I would start to hire people earlier, like a VA, like mm -hmm. someone to do my bookkeeping, you know, those kinds of things where we think, well, I don't really have time because I'm just starting out in business or I'm not. Right. But I found that it just, it, it freed me up the, the, the investment that, that what I paid for someone else to do helped me to actually be free to grow my business. And so I would, I would definitely do that sooner. That's so good. That's so good. Outsource if you can, especially if it's not in your wheelhouse, right? Yes. Um, yes. And there's affordable ways to do it. Even if it's just like one hour, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like the whole month. Um, thank you for sharing your story with us, Lisa. Um, if people are interested in connecting with you, what would be the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so probably the best way is if you go to speakingtipsforwomen.com, just because it's easier to remember that than my spelling of my name. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go there and you could also pick up a free speaking uh, kit there with some uh, uh, some videos and also some uh, speaking tips that will help you just hone your skills, but speaking tips for women.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on both those platforms as well. Mm -hmm. And all of her um, contact information will be listed in the description below. So perfect. You guys don't have to worry about that, <laughs> spelling everything correctly. Um, no, but Lisa, can you take the last minute or so to just pray for our listeners and whatever God puts in your heart? Yeah, thank you. Father, I just thank you so much for every person listening to this. And uh, really, I ask that you would use our words and our conversation to really go deep in their heart and to meet them where they need to be met, to bring about the revelation or the, un the clarity that they need, or even the unlocking of dreams that you want to unlock in them that would help them to see a bigger vision for their life and to see the possibilities that you want to move them into. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take what we've done today, our conversation, and that you would multiply it and really bring more and more women and men, if they're listening, into a greater fulfillment of the calling on their life and empower them with your presence and with your truth and with the um and with just uh, just hope and uh, joy and so father i thank you for that and i and i also bless edna and i bless the season of her life as she's moving into another uh, expansion of her family and i bless this ministry i bless this podcast mm -hmm. and the movement that you are creating in and through her in jesus name Amen. 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 Well, Lisa, thank you so much for um, being the light in the darkness and, and speaking truth and hope and life, you know, in the marketplace. I think it's really, really needed, especially now, um, and utilizing your voice to help other people's voices as well. Um, for those of you guys who have tuned in today, um, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I really hope that um, our podcast has been a blessing to you guys thus far and that um, you continue to share and send me feedback and comments and on, on, on the guests and, and what else you guys want to know about and how it has been um, just transforming in your life as well. And I pray that um, 
this podcast will continue to bring hope and truth, which is my overall vision um, for um, in this podcast. And so God bless you guys. Until next time, um, tune in again for another episode of the Esther Podcast, where I highlight men and women of God doing business and life his way. Keep shining. Thanks for joining us this week on Estrepreneur. Make sure to visit our website, favorandwealth.com, for more information on our services. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. Also, check out my book, The Ugly Side of Sales, available on Amazon, where I share seven of my secrets on how to win and grow business the right way. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.